Hello and welcome to the Church Music Makers Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Harmon. The Church Music Makers Podcast is brought to you and sponsored by EasyChoirMusic.com. It's in the name. It's easy. All you have to do is go to EasyChoirMusic.com and check out the resources that are there. There's music for two-part SAB, SATB, school, church, whatever you need. You're going to find great, great, great resources there. The best part is you don't have to worry about shipping. All you have to do is order a PDF copy, and that gives you permission to make as many copies as you need for your group. It is a fantastic resource. On top of that, even more, there is an opportunity to purchase rehearsal tracks so that you can send those out to your choristers so they can hear their part, learn their part, and know their part to sing confidently. But even more than that, if you're still doing a virtual choir video session, uh, as Easter is coming up here very quickly, they can help you. They can put together that virtual choir video just for you exactly, uh, very professionally and well, well, well done. I highly encourage you to check out easychoirmusic.com. Today's episode is, it's been a year. And it has been a year, hasn't it? Um, I know we're all probably looking back over the last year. Looking back over all the things that have happened. And thinking that it's felt so much longer than a year. We're exhausted. We're tired. Just deep in our spirits not just physically just a a completely deep emotional physical spiritual internal tiredness and and, and there's nothing at all to negate about that funny thing is I'll start here my wife and I on Sunday, we're at my in-laws. Um, they live in rural East Texas, and they had the county really had not many issues with COVID, um, and so actually they were able to even really during the height of the pandemic um, not really have to wear masks, and so it really wasn't a, a huge enforcement thing for them. But we did when we went. Um, we wore them when we went to church, all of that stuff. But this time was different because uh, the state governor had said that masks were now basically optional and up to uh, individual businesses and places of worship and whatnot. So we went and worshipped without masks on. Now, there were some people um, who did wear masks, and, and I normally would wear a mask, uh, but we actually did not. And I felt like, to some extent, and I told my wife this, that I felt like it was 
something that we were we were doing something wrong. <laughs> I know we weren't, um, because well, it was normal up until a year ago to to not even think twice about walking into worship, shaking hands with people, all of these things. Right now, we are so cautious and. Yes, we do need to be. And yes, we should be. And in all of this, for, for me and for my family, um, we've tried to, as best as we can, within um, guidelines and, and, and recommendations, we've tried to live our lives as normally as possible. We've tried not to um, go into hiding over uh, this virus. And I think that we've done fairly well to some extent and I understand because <clears throat> I have a, a good friend that I went to college with um, two of their four children have cystic fibrosis and, and, and that is absolutely absolutely a dreadful disease and so for them uh, any chance that their children could get it is is a no-go and so for them they've had to really be very 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 cautious and I understand that and I think for those of us when we're talking about worship we've we've realized a lot of things over the past year at least I have in, in really thinking about this. Um, the first one that really comes to mind is um, online worship is not a substitution for in-person worship. That's an obvious, right? We, we know that. Um, when we were in worship um, on Sunday without masks, we also took communion, like actually went to the altar and kneeled. We didn't have the little individual packet where you take this really, really awful wafer, which is even worse than the other wafers, and wine. We didn't have that. We actually went and received the, the bread and the wine. It felt so strange. That, that was the word that kept going through my head. It felt wonderful, but strange. I hadn't been able to do that in a year. And we know that in all of this, we've, we've tried to adapt and make the best of it. Um, the, the question that has resonated in my head um, over the past year, and I've shared this before, is that question asked of Jesus before he tells the parable of the Good Samaritan. And who is my neighbor? And the person asking the question isn't doing it to legitimately say, who, who is my neighbor? I'm not really sure. It was trying to trick Jesus. Obviously, pretty much any question that was asked of Jesus was trying to trick or to trap him. But that question, and who is my neighbor? We have to be thinking about others. We have to be showing concern. It's a fine line that we have to walk in a delicate balance, obviously because we, we want to, to serve others and love others and care for others. And we also have to balance 
all of those needs, right? Um, so I do not envy uh, decisions of any pastor uh, trying to navigate this one bit um, or any congregational leader trying to navigate this. It's, it's um, something that's unprecedented in our lifetime. We've never lived through a global pandemic. Thankfully, uh, I think we're, we're nearing the end of it all. And it's going to be interesting to see how we transition out of the mask wearing, out of the social distancing, and see where we adapt and where we change. Because, you know, I, I wrote a blog post on this probably about six months ago, I think, um, as, I, as I came to this realization that normal isn't ever going to be normal again. What we've experienced over the past year has changed us. We can't just flip a switch and go back to, okay, everything's normal again, because I think there are lessons that we've learned. Obviously, you know, the habits we've formed of the extra hand washing of, you know, maybe if it is something where we are going out to a crowded uh, shopping mall, once they get back to being crowded, or flying in an airplane, maybe wearing a mask isn't the worst idea. Do we need to wear a mask constantly when we're out? No, I don't think so at all. But again, it's thinking about others, and that is one of the biggest things in all of this that has made me sad um, in a lot of ways in, in looking at, at how many Christians have responded to this, especially uh, over the last month or so that I've seen where I, I see many Christians talking about their freedoms. That freedom is given to us by Christ, who calls us to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And second only to loving God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And it's not about us. It's not about our freedom. It's about putting God first and others second. You know, growing up, uh, I learned this acronym for joy, and it's still stuck with me through all of these years. The acronym is J, J for Jesus, O for others, and Y for yourself. When you do this, you have true joy. Now, it works as a little children's saying, but it works for us adults as well. And as we think about that, loving our neighbor, caring for others in their time of need, and there's been a lot of need over the last year, that's no doubt. I think that when we, when we look back over the last year, I think one of the biggest things, and, and I, I've said it from the beginning, is how this will bring churches into the 21st century. There have been many churches that were slow to adapt when it comes to social media, when it comes to live streaming worship, and things like that. And while I, I already said, and I say this again, there is no substitute for corporate worship together. 
watching a video <laughs> or live stream of a worship service is not corporate worship. It's individual worship. It, it just is. Um, you can try to do the, the mental gyrations to say, well, yes, but I'm worshiping with other people. No, it, it, it's individual worship done corporately, sort of. And it's what we've had to do. It's what we've chosen to do to love others well. But I think that it has given churches a huge push, a kick in the pants to really say, we may have to be doing more embracing of technology, of social media, so that we get the word out to other people. Because that's just where people are and where they live. Once my congregation went to streaming, which was uh, a year ago uh, yesterday, um, it, it totally changed our worship attendance, in quotes. <laughs> um, because obviously people weren't worshiping in person. Right. And, and, and actually, as this pandemic hit, we were in the middle of a capital campaign um, to raise money to basically renovate our gym space that we had been sort of using as a worship space into an actual worship space. All those plans went on hold immediately. Uh, but it, it was something that been interesting to see how all of that has been changed and I've not been in part of those conversations since because I uh, stepped out of full-time ministry uh, and now now just a member at the church but I think once we went to that online worship we actually saw more people engaged uh, more households engaged because you know it was one of those things that you can't really judge, right? I mean, you can physically count the people physically in a worship service, but um, if you have five devices that are streaming your service, is that five people? Or is that a family of five, a family of four, a family of three, a family of two, and a family of one? That's a lot more than five people, isn't it? And so what we saw was that reach get expanded not just here in the greater Houston area but throughout Texas throughout the United States even in other countries where people were looking at and watching and going back and re-watching the the video of the worship service for the week that's not a bad thing even though it is not optimal, even though it is not us gathering together. It, it is expanding the reach of God's kingdom, which is not a bad thing at all. In fact, that's what we're called to do. But while we have that not optimal worship time. And in fact, I know there are churches that are still 
hesitant to meet in person, hesitant to even sing together. And I, I understand and, 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 and can definitely empathize with that concern. There are churches like mine who decided in May of last year that we're going to get back to meeting together. Um, and even in spite of concerns raised by the music director of singing together, um, let alone getting people together in a space that is confined, oh, we'll be fine. Thankfully, for the most part, it has gone fine. And I'm, I'm glad for that. I'm thankful for that. It still makes me a little hesitant, but I think that it's about how we love our neighbor, like I've said before. <laughs> And, and I know I come back to that, but I think that is one of the things that we, not only just in our society as a whole, but in the church, I think we, we kind of have missed that. We've lost out on how do we really truly care for others. We're willing to care for others if it makes us maybe sort of just a little bit inconvenienced and uncomfortable. But if it gets to a certain threshold, no, 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 we can't do that. I'll get off that soapbox. One of the other things, and I think this is this is something that, that definitely is going to be a challenge moving forward, especially, um, and, and I don't mean to knock contemporary worship. I, I don't. I, I actually um, enjoy it. Um, that's actually the, the worship service style my family chooses to go to. But I think with the rise of contemporary worship in that style, choral music and a more traditional music ministry setting has been um, declining. And obviously, if you take most of, if not a complete year, and you don't have the opportunity for choirs to sing together, that makes things even more difficult. And I know that coming out of this, as we are starting to do, this is going to be a challenge. And I think this is going to be a very important challenge that we take on. And moving forward, I'm going to work on developing resources to, to help you with that as we move out of this and, and try to essentially rebuild our music ministries. It's not, but it is. Right? I mean, you've basically taken a year where there's not any choral singing, right? And again, I, none of us had in-person Easter worship services last year, um, or most of us didn't at least, because that was in the throes of, we don't know what's going on. And so it's best to be overly cautious and, and show concern for others. And I know that, that many are working toward uh, some type of in-person Easter worship, but it's going to be scaled back from years past. And so really, as we go through the summer and into next fall, I think that's where we'll really start to see and need that emphasis on rebuilding and re-recruiting and growing uh, those 
numbers and encouraging people to participate. And the final thing I think about in this year and it seems silly, but I am of a denomination that is very traditional-minded and very tradition-oriented. And there's nothing wrong. And, and even growing up uh, in that, I, I realized very quickly, there is nothing wrong with tradition. You just have to have a legitimate reason for doing it. Not just because we've always done it or because we've always done it that way. Those are not legitimate reasons. You don't have the women's chili cook-off on the third Sunday of January um, just because you've always had it that way. If it's, well, it really doesn't work for everybody, but that's what we've always done. That's kind of silly, right? And in all of this over the past year, our traditions, our things that we do have been completely, completely set aside. And... I think that's a good thing in a lot of ways because it's given us opportunity to step back and evaluate. What really is the value of doing this thing? Is it, you know, after a year of not doing it, do we miss it? Or is it kind of refreshing to say, ah, we didn't have to do it. I don't really miss it. It wasn't really that big of a deal. And that's an okay thing. And I'm going to be very interested personally moving out of this what churches do in holding to traditions that they've always done or starting new ones. Right? I mean, I think that's a, a thing that we're always hesitant to do is start something new just because of the fear of that pushback of well, this is, or even altering something that's already been done because, well, you can't do that. We've always done it that way. And it's been, it's been 55 years since we've done anything different and we could never do that. And yet, when you do make a change, sometimes it can be for the better. And I think moving out of this, that's going to be the interesting thing is what traditions are kept what changes is it you know you always had choir rehearsal on Wednesday night but maybe for more people to participate it's Thursday night that's better it's possible or maybe it's you know instead of the expectation that many of us have always had that you need to be at rehearsal before the choir sings for worship to in what we've learned and gleaned over the last year and how things have changed is, you know what, I'm going to make the music available for you. I'm going to make a recording available for you to practice with at home. And, and if you feel like you know it really well, and you know what, if you want to just, just send me a video of you singing it, that way I can just get, you know listen to it and say, hey, yeah, come on and join us on Sunday. That's okay. I think that's going to be the interesting thing is how we see things change and adapt moving forward. Normal isn't going to be normal again. Things are going to be different. Even going back to, like I, like I started off the podcast talking about, 
going back to worship without a mask, going to communion felt weird. But let me tell you what, the thing about that worship service was that it was probably one of the most powerful worship services I've participated in in a year. Why? Because it's what I've missed out on. I've missed out on not having to have my mouth covered, opening my mouth, singing as loud as I can, going to the altar, kneeling. And communion still works whether we kneel at the altar or sit at our kitchen table wherever we are. I get that. But there's something powerful about going together with my family to the altar, kneeling and receiving the body and blood of Jesus. And I think we're going to experience that more and more individually and collectively as we come out of this. That there will be a remembrance of, oh, I forgot what this was like. Wow, this really feels good. We've missed this. The past year has been challenging, frustrating, painful in many ways. And yet, I know, I don't know exactly how, but I know and I'm confident that God is going to work through this and God is going to work amazing things through this. Again, I don't know how. I don't I don't claim to, to be a visionary and say, oh, God has showed me this wisdom. No, I, I don't have that wisdom at all. But I, I've read the Bible. I've experienced God's hand at work. And through this, there will be good. There will be challenges. There will be hurt. There will be heartache. There already has been. I've gone through it personally with having to say goodbye to wonderful people. We all have in some way or form. But... We will get back to worshiping together. We will get back to our usual routines or new usual routines. But it will be different. And my hope and my prayer is that as we come out of this, that we stop and start to think about each other more. We start to not just say, how are you doing today? But legitimately asking that question. How are things going with you? And listening, right? That's, that's always the question. And this will be another podcast in and of itself. But how do you actually listen when someone tells you and doesn't give you the, oh, I'm great, I'm fantastic, I'm wonderful. 
And actually, if somebody were to say, you know what? I'm just having a rough go of it. Oh, that's great! Would that be our response? <laughs> no, I hope not. Tell me more. What's going on? That needs to be our response. And my hope and my prayer is that over the last year, that starts to give us a greater sense of empathy. Because I think we've somewhat lost that a little bit. That we can love each other well and love each other fully. And as we do that, we're going to see a change in us and we're going to see a change in our churches. So while this year has been a huge, huge change and has brought many, many necessitated, there we go, I can say it, uh, adapting and adaptations that we've had to make. Things will change. We just have to be patient. Thankfully, we have God on our side. So I pray that you are blessed this week in all that you do. I pray that you seek God's wisdom in all that you do and that you are used by God to love your neighbor and to love God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. I look forward to uh, sharing more thoughts with you next week. Have a great week, and thanks for listening. Make sure to listen, subscribe, share, rate, review, all of those good things so that more people can hear the podcast and connect with it. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week.